0: Okay, let's talk about the new normal. This is what I want to talk about, the new normal. This is part two for CCCF. It would be part four for Kingsville. But I want to talk about the new normal because there's just so much that's going on in our world. And I think we can all agree that, that there's crazy stuff all over the world. And I don't want to be a part of the crazy stuff, the problem. I want to be a part of the solution. I want to say emphatically, the world does not have a solution for what's wrong with it. And somebody might say, as a professor once said to me, when he was an atheist in, in a political science class, uh, and um, he was talking about atheism, and he said, "There is no God," and I said, "I beg the difference, sir. There's a God. Uh, there is a God." And he looked at me and he says, "You still evolve? You are an ignorant man." And say, so, oh, ignorant man. I felt a little bad initially, but as I grew in the Lord, I felt good. The world does not have an answer for what's wrong with it. You and I, through Christ, are the answer that the world needs, but the world rejects. So I want to talk about the new normal, and just, that is a new normal. I call it a new normal, in that... What is normal for us is not normal for the world. And this is what I'm, I'm trying to say to all of us. What is normal for the world is not normal for us. And um, I, um, I, I, I gave the definition as conform, norm, of normal, conforming to a standard, conforming to a common type, conforming uh, or the usual uh, what, is, what is, has been considered now the usual thing or the regular thing or uh, the natural. But in the 1600s, it was called uh, standing at a right angle, standing at a right angle. So what that means is is that you now have a life that is perfectly vertical. That is, you are not going to miss God at all because you are perfectly vertical. Uh, Just a a quick example of, uh, I heard a scientist talk about this once, about going to the moon and how they had to have all the math right. Because if they were off like one or two degrees here, they would miss the moon by thousands of miles. And so you and I must be perfectly vertical and and uh, we get this word perpendicular uh, it 's the word that means if, if it 's it's straight up vertical, and when it hits the surface, it forms right angles uh, it's, you've got a right angle on the right and a right angle on the left if, if it, and, and what happens with that is is that uh, that angle is a uh, hundred and eighty degrees now, and that means that those two point this point to my right and this one will never meet okay I'm going I'm going east I'm going west they'll never meet and so that, it, that shows a, a perfection and that God is working into us um, when we talk about what is abnormal and I'm saying to all of us that the world system not just the adorning the planet itself but the world system is abnormal what does that mean It's not according to God's standard. It has deviated from God's standard. It's not heaven's usual. It's not what's typical of heaven. So you and I are on display. God has placed us on... He has put us on display so that the world would be able to see us and see what's wrong with Can you imagine looking into a mirror... Uh, You're standing in front of a mirror and you look at a mirror and you can't see yourself. You can see yourself. And sometimes we don't like what we see. And we'll do things to our face, you know, to try to make it look a little bit better because what? That mirror shows us ourselves. And so we are to be God's normal. We are not to get our marching orders from the world. Now, I know, yeah, I've said that how many times? Thousands. (laughs) Yes, but I want to continue to say it because I really know that the day in which we live is what Paul called the evil day, the evil day. You cannot see with your eyes and hear with your ears and feel with whatever your body does and not know this is an evil day. As I was praying, I, I mentioned something about um, uh, calling these these destructive wars conflicts. We've learned to use euphemisms—that is, less accurate words or less harsh words—to describe a reality. You know, uh, you know, somebody—you uh, 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 know—murdered somebody, and they said uh, they took his life. You know, we know murder is an ugly word, and. We don't like to use more. Or or someone beat that person, uh, oh, they struck him. I mean, you know, if you're the person getting beat, it's it's more than just a little strike. And so, we are not to take up the world's vocabulary. Uh, Let me read something, and and I've read this to you before, but let me start in Jeremiah 31, 31. and And I always want to go through them quickly, you know, but if I slow down, forgive me for that. Verse 31 says, Jeremiah Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days are coming. Now, here I go, here I go. When he says the days are coming, that meant in Jeremiah's days, they weren't quite here. That's what that means. And so, we are the generation that that these things have come to. So, what are we going to do about it? Are we going to forego the, the commands of God or we're going to live it out no matter what it costs us? no matter what it costs us. Listen to what he says. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. And so he gives an imagery of, of an unfaithful uh, spouse, an unfaithful spouse, he gives the imagery. I, I, I delivered you, I took you by the hand, and you were unfaithful to me. You were unfaithful to me. Now listen, they broke the covenant, though, although I was a husband to them. And so Jeremiah uh, 11, 1 through 8 sort of explains it a little further. He says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Hear the words of this covenant and speak to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Curse it is the man who does not obey the words of this covenant which I commanded your fathers. In the day I brought them out of the land of Egypt, from the iron furnish, saying, Obey. Now that's a, that's a four-letter word there good for it let it worry. obey my voice and do according to all that i command you so shall you be my people and i will be your god that what you're going to be my people like you're my children right you're you're going to be my people and i will be your god now why does he say i want you to obey your mind this is what i want to do for you verse five that i may establish God wants to make you to stand in the evil day, that I may establish the oath which I have sworn to your fathers to give them a land flooring with milk and honey as it is this day. And I answered and said, so be it, Lord. Now, now let me just deviate and say something very quickly here. I, I, I don't just say something and, you know in a flippant way. I've really thought about it because I heard I've heard Christians say things that are just wrong. In that, I mean, I've said things that are wrong, and I've been corrected. All right, okay, let's be willing to be corrected. But um, I remember a well-meaning person said, um, in, uh, "In light of this uh, this problem we have in the Middle East, this war," he said, "I'm for right or wrong." And there was something that bothered me about that. It was something that bothered me about that because i am for israel but i'm for right i am for everybody and there's no contradiction i can be for everybody even the lost person i want you to be saved you see god wanted me to be saved when i was lost and when i didn't know i was lost was lost and didn't know it, and God had mercy on me. So what if God says, I'm only for those who already know me? Well, nobody is saved. So I'm for everybody. I am for the truth. And as we walk in the truth, then we are the light of God. We cannot speak for God when we are already biased against a people group. So I think that we ought to stand on the truth, just stand for God. If somebody asks you one of those trick questions, say, I'm here to do whatever God wants. I'm here to say whatever God wants. That's where we should stand. And so here, here you find. So he says, uh, Jeremiah answered, so be it, Lord. And so let us have that so be it, Lord, attitude. Verse 6, then the Lord said to me, proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, saying, hear the words of this covenant and do them. So he says, you go all over the country and say that. This is what we must do to be believable and to have people follow us so they'll know he loves me. You know my old story about the, the, the sunflower seed, the petals? The, the, I told you the story. We were little, little kids, you know, right? You know, you, you did. You know, she loves me. She loves me. now. Nah, she loves me. And there was a little girl, by, we, we, our little girlfriends, we, we, we just held hands, if that. If that, I mean, you know. You just looked at each other. Oh, that's my girlfriend. We, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but just held hands, if possible. And you had to sneak to do that. But we would go, she loves me, she loves me now, she loves me. And we'd get down and we saw say, she doesn't love you. we will say, uh, uh, <clears throat> she loves me. Right? And, and, so, and so here, we need to take th- this loving attitude to every place we can. And people need to know, he loves me, she loves me. Regardless of, of who you are and what you've done, this person loves me. This person cares for me. And that's what all Christians should have that, that I love you, I love you. Never, I love you not. All Christians. And so this is the day that we need this more than ever. More than ever. More than ever, we need believable believers. Now this is what he says. Okay. I think I lost my place. Let's look at verse 7. For I earnestly exhorted your fathers in the day I brought them up out of the land of Egypt until this day, rising early and exhorting, saying, Obey my voice. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but everyone followed the dictates of his evil heart. Therefore, I will bring upon them all the words of this covenant which I commanded them to do, but which they have not done. And so... our responsibility is to obey obey now I want you to go back to Jeremiah 31 and let's look at verse 33 but this is the covenant but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So he says, I'm going to put all of this, uh, in this uh, on the seat of thought and emotions. I'm going to have all of you. So the seat in your mind, in your heart, it's uh, it's a faculty of your emotions. I'm going to I'm going to save everything about you this is what god is saying to us so what we have to do in order to be fair and credible brokers we have to have this love for everybody and it's not a love that you and i can manufacture let me uh, reference something i've told you many years ago and from many years ago even to this day when i was in my 20s the mid-20s and I heard the voice of God. I cannot tell you, explain it in r- vivid detail, but I literally heard the voice of God in Kingsville, Texas, when he said, hmm, I would like a place for all, where all of my children could worship me together. And as an innocent 20, we're all known by the innocent, but as a seeking God, a 25 uh, or six-year-old person, I said, God, I would do that, but I don't know how. I don't know how to love everybody. Uh, that was an honest statement to God. I don't know how uh, how to to bring everybody together. He said, "Love everyone who comes through your doors." He and I, as I've said to you, it's not a thing that I must work up by my own energy or even my reading the Bible. I can't even work it up by that. But I can work it. I I can. Open myself, rather, to God and allow him to pour his love into me. And this is what each of us must do if we think that we um, are short on love. Just open yourself up to God. Because when I said, I don't know how, he said, love everyone who comes through your doors. And as I said to you numerous times, I thought he had given me something to do. He had not. He had spoken it into me. And each of us should say, God, speak your love into me. Amen. And that way we will be honest brokers, honest brokers. I can say, I can say, my love for you is the same as my love for my family. I can say that unequivocally. The the love I have for my family, I have for you. The responsibilities I have for my family are different. But my love is not different. Listen this word. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's mind-blowing. So the love he had for Jesus, he had for us. He sacrificed his son for us. The disobedient. Wow. Let me hurry. Let me hurry. So God says to Jeremiah, No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. So so it's not like that, right? Why? Let's see. For they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. How do we know him? By the indwelling Holy Spirit. That's how. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. So he says, I will remember. I've been thinking about that the last couple of days that God says, I will remember no more. Wait a minute. God knows everything. He said, but there's something, one thing I'm going to, as it were, say to myself, you won't remember anymore. This is big. So, I've had a, a hard time because in our home, we grew up in, in almost a perfect environment as, as much as the earth could, could pr- provide. It was like a perfect environment. Mom, dad, you know, uncles, aunts, grandparents, all everybody living for the Lord. Only time I found heathen was when I went to school. Everybody, everybody. everybody. But, but, okay. Let, Let me get back to my point if I can find it. Okay. Hold on. So, thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's like I'm talking about remembering no more. I didn't remember it anymore. That's how powerful this is. <laughs> Thank you. So, 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 so what God does, I, 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 what I've done in my life, I don't know about you, but I remembered my, my sin. Uh, I was about to say my mistakes. Yeah, but my, my sin mistakes, you know, my attitudes, I, I, I couldn't forget them. I thought, God, you've been too good for me. I lived in almost a perfect environment as far as the world is concerned. And and I still found a way to be an acting sinner. It it bothers me. It bothered me. A lot bothered me all of my life. How in the world could I disobey God? How could I go out and choose my bad friends over a good and loving God? And, and although I was preaching the gospel and loving God, I still felt bad. Oh, if I had a thought, I couldn't forgive myself. God says, listen, your, your sin, your iniquity, your bad stuff, I choose not to remember it. And if I don't remember, it, I can't hold it against you. That's what the blood of Jesus does for us. And that is how God wants us to walk in that norm, that normality, that n- normal attitude. That is what we're to do. And that, that doesn't mean that you can go, you, I can go out and sin every day and then say, oh, God, forgive me. You won't remember it. That's not that. We don't want to play games with God. So, so let's look at Ezekiel 36, 24 through 29. And this is what God says to Ezekiel, the same thing he says to Jeremiah. If you would begin to read the prophets, you'll find that what God said to one, he said to another, and he said to another. And, and sometimes, they, obviously, they were listening to what God said to the other prophet, and they were saying the same thing because they recognized it as the word of God. So you and I can recognize the word of God and you don't have to always give credit now Some things are so good. I just have to give credit I said I don't want anybody thinking that I was that uh, close to God to get that So so let's let's see what, what we want to do find out from Ezekiel He says for I will take you from among the nations gather you out of all countries and I will bring you into your own land now, this is what God is saying to Israel. This is what I'm going to do for you. But as he says it to Israel, he says it to all of us as well. And because you and I are, and we don't replace Israel, so I don't want anybody to think Don Bell's preaching replacement theology. And, and a lot of the Israelis uh, or Jews would like us. They'll say that to you. They teach replacement theology. Well, listen, if we can't replace you, don't be get mad about it. You know, we're not going to replace you. But because in the body, we are in the, we're now part of the body of Christ. Now, let me show you something quickly. In the body of Christ, we're, we're not trying to be Jews because there is no Jew. There is no Gentile. There's no male. There's no female. What's the other one? There's no slave. There's no free. Muchas gracias. Yeah. So, so in, in, body, in the body of Christ, we don't have those divisions. There are no divisions. So, no, we're not trying to become Jewish. We're just being a part of the body of Christ. So this is the new normal. This is what we should present to the world, this kind of solidarity with each other. Solidarity with each other. I have said to the Lord, I'll give my life for anybody in this fellowship. Give my life. I'm not trying to be a hero. I'd like to live to tell the story. But I'll give my life. And you don't do it at the moment the crisis comes. You must do it every day. And when that big moment comes, you don't hesitate. Let me continue here. He said, now this is what God says. So this is what we have to know that for the new normal, this is what God says to all of us. I will bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness. And I will cleanse you from all your idols. I'm adding that part. 26, I will give you a new heart. Now notice he gives each believer a new heart, not the old corrupt heart that's desperately wicked. Who can know it? The new normal has a new heart. I don't want to do bad stuff. If you still want to do bad stuff, you got to ask God why. I don't want to do bad stuff. I don't want to hurt you. I will give you a new heart. And listen, and I will put a new spirit within you. I'll put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. He means a pliable heart. one he can deal with. I will put my spirit, the Holy Spirit, he's going to give us a new human spirit in in that. Our new human spirit, this is what I believe and teach, is that the Holy Spirit's influence comes and he he re does our human spirit. Our human spirit was fallen, crazy, nutty. He now, redoes it by the indwelling Holy Spirit. Let's, but notice here, he hasn't said anything f- for you to do yet. would, You just repent and come to him. And he says, "And I will cause you to walk in my statutes, statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them." This is big stuff. Look at verse twenty-eight. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. Now, now this is speaking uh, for to Israel, but it also speaks to us. So then, we, you and I will dwell in the place that God has for us. You shall be my people; I will be your God. I will deliver you from all your uncleanness." Let let me say quickly, because of what the Father has done through Jesus, his Son, we now have a new kingdom normal. It's a new kingdom normal. Uh, Since it is the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, we must possess, firstly, the new normal. We must possess the new normal and not copy the world's ways and standards. Our lives must be a display of heaven. We can bring the norms, the norms, the normal things, the norms of God's kingdom to bear upon everything in our sphere in this world. For they are ours. Conduct and language, they are ours. In the 70s, we had so many people saying, stop all this Christianese and talk, you know. I know, I know what they were trying to say. They were just saying, you don't go to some center and say, oh, bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I knew that. But, but, but our language is our language. And we have to learn how to be skilled at our language. He says to, uh, in Ephesians 4, 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification of building up. That, why? Be careful about how you talk that because your words are meant to impart grace to the hearers, grace to the hearers. So our new normal is so different. But he says, but now you, you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, you know, speaking ill of God and of holy things, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. He says, this is so important. You should not lie. To your members the members of the body of christ he says and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put and that you put on the new man which was created according to god in true righteousness and holiness so there's much more he says to us he tells us not to grieve the holy spirit don't grieve the holy spirit The, the the new normal for us is i will not grieve the holy spirit I will not cause the Holy Spirit any sadness. Can you imagine that? That you have, quote unquote, an ability to break the heart of God? Can you believe that? He says, so don't have bad language and just say, oh, it slipped. No, it didn't slip. It was in there. And you've been making a peace treaty with it let's be all that God wants us to be today let's be a bright and shining light let the church be that city that's on a hill that cannot be hidden it's the church everybody we are the city it's not a a natural nation we are the nation with the people of God, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden, that everybody sees that amazing, brilliant city. That's us. That's God's normal. I bless you in the name of Jesus. And if you are are not a believer, I want you to think about it as I go to my seat and I'll come back for a couple of minutes and we'll ask or allow you opportunity. Just come to Jesus. Listen, we've got the best, the best thing, not this side of heaven, but the best from heaven. Let's walk it out. In Jesus' name.